Welcome to The Ride Podcast by the Horse and Rider editorial team. The Ride takes you on a deep dive into stories of horse men and women who have inspired us for generations. I'm your host, Michaela Jaycox, and I will be taking you into the Horse and Rider vault to explore stories crafted by leading authors in horse and rider history to expand your understanding of the personalities that shape this Western horse life. Hi guys, welcome back to the Ride Podcast. For this week's episode, we are bringing you a profile on Pat Ditton, who is quite the horsewoman. She is the Hollywood horsewoman, as we like to call her. You know, quite the rounded individual in not just horses, but in all aspects of life. I, you know, the, when I read this art, this feature for the first time, I ended it and I was like, this person just seems cool. Like she is a model, she is an actress, she is a stunt woman, um, and and then she was also a very accomplished rider. You know, her parent, her dad was a horse trainer, so she grew up in a barn. I mean, looking at these modeling photos of her, she is stunning. Yeah, anytime we do one of these stories, I absolutely want to encourage everybody to go check them out on the website too, because there's so many cool photos of these people. Pat Denton, um, not to minimize her down to her modeling photos, but holy cow, she was absolutely stunning. And her horsemanship speaks for itself, I think. She's just done enough that that I'm excited to hear you describe it in the podcast. Yeah, I mean, like, just if you go to the website, like, the opening photo is her on this big, beautiful white horse rearing because she was doing some stunt work. And it's just, I think that kind of describes her right there as, like, in a nutshell. But she just seems really cool and everybody just has such great things to say about her you know she has a really cool upbringing you know she she didn't show the kind of horses that her dad showed because he didn't want her competing against his customers and and so she really had to just get out there and just do everything to see what she liked yeah and she's just a super knowledgeable horsewoman it's not like she is this Hollywood gal who just you know kind of hopped on a horse and didn't really know what she was doing she can really ride guys I mean She knew her stuff about horses, and, I mean, she tells this one story about how she took her friend's horse and started riding it because she felt like it didn't have the love that it deserved, and I think that that really says a lot about who she is as a horsewoman. Yeah, absolutely, and there is some tragedy in her story, too, um, when she lost her husband, so you'll describe kind of how she overcame that. Yeah, and, I mean, we can relate to her a little bit. Um, She spent some time in Colorado like we are. So, I mean, she's spent some time doing some riding here in Colorado, and that's where she met her um, husband. So I think that that's pretty cool, and that's kind of where she got into the more of the performance cow horse industry. So that's where she started there. Yeah, and, I mean, like you said, she's doing the cow horse now, and it takes a serious rider to be able to go down the fence like that, and she, and so you really can see how much of a cowgirl she truly is. Yeah, for sure. So, with that, I think that's enough insight for now, and we will just dive into reading this profile. Hollywood Horsewoman. Pat Ditton rode jumpers, reiners, and cow horses, plus modeled, acted, and did stunt and double work for television, and the movies. An extraordinary life? You decide. She called the late great actor Henry Fonda Hank and knew the quintessential Mr. Sinatra as Frank. These were her friends and neighbors. They were also people that her then-husband, stunt coordinator Robert Buzz Henry, worked with and doubled. But while Pat Denton loved her friends and her Hollywood life, she had another interest that came first. Her story is all about horses, 
And if you don't believe me, just ask her. Reassuring smile. I first met Pat when I was entering a National Rain Cow Horse Association show in Phoenix several years ago. When a show office is jam-packed with people signing up the first day of an event, tempers can get testy. This particular lady at the counter, however, was handling the chaos remarkably well. When your turn finally came, she'd put you at ease with her pleasant face and reassuring smile. After we left the office, I turned to my wife, Laurel. Who was that lady, I asked, as the two of them had exchanged greetings. Oh, that's Pat Denton, she replied. Great gal. I've known her for years. Naturally, I thought Pat had a good surname, the same as mine, but I figured there had to be something else special about her because I liked her right away. Unusual for me. NRCHA shows came and went over the years, and I got to know Pat a little better. I especially enjoyed the shows she ran because you could always count on her being kind and pleasant to work with. But beyond that, Pat exuded an elegance that almost seemed out of place at a horse show. Sensing there was a deeper story about her, I began asking around. There had to be something interesting in her background, but I knew Pat wasn't going to provide any clues. Swords, Keyboards, and Saddles I eventually learned Pat Denton grew up in Southern California at Griffith Park, a large municipal facility at the eastern end of the Santa Monica Mountains near both Burbank and Hollywood. It includes a popular equestrian center, and there, her father, Francis Folly, was an accomplished trainer of show horses, and her mother, Grace Folly, was an office manager. Mr. Folly trained and showed American saddlebreds and hackney ponies. Pat grew up around the stable, helping her father and becoming a good horsewoman herself. My parents were good to me and gave me every opportunity they could, Pat tells me. I took every lesson available, from fencing to piano, pretty much everything in between. Of all the things she did, though, riding horses was her favorite. Pat wasn't allowed to show in gated horse events because she'd be competing against her father's clients. Instead, she'd go to the shows to help out and socialize. After high school, the strikingly attractive young woman attended the John Roberts Modeling School. A horse caught her eye at about the same time. A gilding a friend of hers was riding one day. Pat told her friend she felt sorry for the horse, noting that the gilding named the Sacred Ox, didn't even seem to know what a good petting was. Pat decided she wanted the former rodeo bronc for herself and was intent on learning how to jump with him. Seat of her pants. She signed up for lessons with Red Burns, a well-known jumping horse trainer in the area. Because Burns no longer attended horse shows, Pat ended up going to events with show jumping Hall of Fame trainers Barbara Worth and Jimmy Williams. I was lucky to be around both trainers, as they were completely different from each other, she reveals. Mr. Williams taught me the finesse of jumping, and Miss Worth taught me more of a seat-of-the-pants style. Pat showed the sacred ox at arenas across Southern California, including Del Mar, Santa Ana, and Griffith Park. Soon, her father advised her she needed to find a job to support her new habit. With her movie star looks, Pat began taking modeling jobs and entering local beauty contests. Such competitions and the resulting parades were extremely popular at the time, helping to advertise and promote a variety of businesses. At one time, Pat held double titles, Miss Sherman Oaks and Miss Laundromat. Soon she learned of an audition in Hollywood for Sammy Davis Jr.'s stage show at the Sands Hotel in Las Vegas. 
The audition went well, and before long, she was on her way to another adventure. The stint there lasted three and a half months. Mr. Davis taught me the art of quick draw. As part of the skit I did with him, says Pat, he was extremely adept at it and a patient instructor too. He was also exceptionally kind to me and the other eight girls I worked with in the show, she adds. While she was in Las Vegas doing Sammy Davis Jr. show, she was recruited as a jockey in the Powderpuff Derby, female riders only, held at the Las Vegas racetrack. I took the job as an adventure, and it certainly was, she says with a laugh. We were able to practice working out of the starting gate just once before the race, and we ran the horses in western saddles. It was fast, and it was fun. When the Davis show finished in Las Vegas, Pat went back to Los Angeles and landed jobs appearing in several television commercials. One was for Chevrolet, where she appeared alongside singer and dancer Dina Shore. Pat also did commercials for the then-popular Dial Soap. She even made appearances on television shows as Day in Court, a much-watched daytime program on ABC from 1958 to 65. Marriage and Stunt work. One of the place to be hangouts in Burbank at the time was the Pickwick Bowling Alley. The actress Deborah Paget, who was stabling a horse with Pat's father, then at Pickwick Stables, used to frequent it. One night, Deborah and her husband, Bud Bocher, brought along to the bowling alley a fellow Bud was working with at the time, Robert Buzz Henry. When I met Buzz, I wasn't terribly impressed, Pat recalls. But he kept showing up to see Deborah's horses. I thought that was odd, but then he finally asked me out. After about a year of dating, Pat and Buzz took her parents with them to Las Vegas and got married. The marriage started a new life for Pat. She often traveled with Buzz to movie locations and even started doing stunt work on horseback. In 1969, for the movie McKenna's Gold, she doubled Julie Newmar during the horse chase scene on rocky ledges of Canyon de Chelly in Arizona. In another scene, she jumped a horse off of a raft and into the Rogue River in Oregon. Pat remembers having to repeat that particular scene three times. The horses were schooled to jump off the raft into shallow water, so they had no fear going off of the raft the first time, she explains. But getting them to jump off into the deep water the second and third times, that was tough. To add to the challenge, the raft was tethered just short of a large waterfall. I had to get my horse off of the raft and over to shore quickly, so we weren't swept over the falls, she says. You had to be careful not to get near the horse's head in the water, too, as he tried to climb over you. You had to drop back and hold onto the tail. Doubling Wonder Woman Buzz and Pat worked on other major movies as well, including The Wild Bunch, Major Dundee, and The Guns of Never Own, to name a few. In 1972, Buzz was the second unit director and stunt coordinator on the John Wayne movie, The Cowboys. The crew was just getting the film finished up when Buzz was killed in a car accident in Burbank. His untimely death left Pat without a husband and their three-year-old daughter, Christina, without a father. Buzz and Pat had been married just nine years. Pat had a horse trainer friend at Hollywood Park. For a change of pace, Pat started ponying racehorses for him in the early morning hours. During that time, she also did stunt work on the television show Wonder Woman with Linda Carter. At the track, she doubled Carter in a fight scene that involved crashing through a glass door, vaulting over one car, and spinning out in another as she was getting away. That's the only time I ever did stunt work without a horse, she notes. Because this double work was taking place at the track, all of her fellow morning exercise riders and jocks came over to watch her. 
One wonders what the racehorses thought of all that excitement. As you can imagine, Pat holds stuntmen and women in high regard, as she knows many of their challenges firsthand, but she modestly downplays her own involvement. The stunts I performed were minor compared to the work real stunt people do, she says. About five years after the accident involving her husband, Pat embarked on another adventure. She packed up Christina and her own mother, Grace, and moved to Durango, Colorado, a nice small horse community. After a few years there, Pat decided it was time to look for a horse for Christina. New horse, new love. On the quest to find this special horse, she met the renowned quarter horse trainer, Jack Denton. He happened to have available a nice Palomino rope horse called Poco Servar, also known as Hotshot. Jack trained a variety of horses for halter, roping, and showering pleasure. As it turned out, there developed a personal connection between him and Pat, and a year later they were married. Shortly after that, Jack and Pat were visiting friends in Oklahoma who told Jack of a good job opening up at Enzyme Farms, a quarter horse breeding and training stable, working for a man named Cecil Johnson. Jack applied and landed the job as manager. While Pat and Jack were living in Oklahoma, Pat decided she'd like to add reining to her growing list of equestrian accomplishments and started looking for a reiner. Johnson had a five-year-old gilding, Chickatom, that was just standing in the pasture. Pat had a nice English mare at the time, so they made a trade. Pat competed in reining at several shows with good success. Then she decided she wanted to try some cow horse classes. After all, her horse was by Doc Tom Tucker, a top sire of cow horses. Pat turned for assistance to cow horse trainer Marilyn Peters of Edmond, Oklahoma, who lived just down the road from the Dittons. With Marilyn's help, Chica Tom did indeed become a talented cow horse and seemed to love it as much as Pat did. There were some hairy episodes, though. The first time Pat showed Chica Tom in a cow horse class, he slipped in the mud, fell, and cracked Pat's ribs. Undeterred, she showed him again, the very next day. All told, Pat showed Chica Tom for 10 years. Three times he qualified for and competed at the American Quarter Horse Association World Championship Show in Oklahoma City, Oklahoma. Cow Horse Capers One particular year, when Pat was at the AQHA World Show with her gilding, she ran down and made her first turn with the cow on the fence and was flung down on Chica Tom's neck. She stayed on and galloped down the fence for the second turn. Again, she ended up on the side of her gilding's neck. She never did come off, though, and recovered each time, to the crowd's delight. How foolish I must have looked, Pat muses, and as you can imagine, I was dumbfounded when I made the finals. She didn't win that year, but she became a crowd favorite for her tenacity and wound up fifth in the world. Pat and her horse went on to earn registers of merit in both reigning and cow horse. Because Pat loved showing so much, she eventually became a show secretary for AQHA and NRCHA events. This new adventure took her to New Mexico, Arizona, Utah, and Colorado. Pat lost Jack to illness in 2007, but to this day, she's the catalyst for keeping the ranch going. She boards horses, rides, and is still a businesswoman as a notary public. I guess I haven't led an ordinary life, she admits, but I can tell you this. It was all for a horse. And for this episode's Horse of the Week, we have a horse brought to you by A Home for Every Horse, which was created in 2011 and result to a partnership between the Equine Network, the nation's leading publisher of equine-related content, and the American Horse Council's United Horse Coalition. The program provides resources for 501c3 horse organizations. 
Visit ahomeforeveryhorse.com for more information. This week's horse is Queenie, and let me tell you, she is an adorable little mare. She stands 14 two hands and just is an absolute beauty. And I think somebody would have fun with her, especially maybe a kid. I think she'd make a great little kid's horse. Yeah, you know, the way they describe her is smart, gritty, and athletic. So I think those are three really great qualities to look for in a horse, especially, you know, she's 10 years old, so she's got a little uh, experience under her belt. And yeah, I think she would make a great horse for somebody that's either learning to ride or is just looking for a really great mount to have. And she's cute as can be. She's got all the comb that you could want. She's got a big old blaze on her face, four white socks. She's cute. Yeah, and she rides both English and Western. So for those of you who like to ride both, I mean, this little mare has it, and she can do it all for you. She's based in Ohio, so a great place for people in the Midwest that are looking for a horse. Uh, she is in Cambridge, Ohio, actually. I think we've done some other horses that were in Cambridge, Ohio. They must have a great rescue there. Yeah, they must. And, I mean, this rescue, they say that they know this horse backwards and forwards. So, you know, there's not a single thing that they don't know about her. So, if you're wanting a horse that you can know absolutely everything about, this one is the one. So, if you're interested in Queenie, be sure to head over to a homeforeveryhorse.com. Click on Adoptable Horses, and that'll take you to equine.com where you can search for Queenie. She is priced at $2,400, but don't let that price scare you away because, you know, this mare is an absolute smoking deal for what she is. I mean, she is sound and healthy, perfect for everything, so... You'd have heck buying a horse at the sale barn for that one that you didn't know everything about, so that's a heck of a price. Yeah, and you get to know that you adopted a horse, and, you know, and tell us that you adopted her because we want to know about it, like we always say. I mean, we want to hear your story, whether it's Queenie or not, tell us whether you adopt a horse from a ahomeforeveryhorse.com. Thank you guys for tuning into the Ride Podcast. We hope that you enjoyed this profile. As always, remember to go subscribe so you get a notification every time we release a new episode. While you're there, why don't you give us a rating? We want to know how we're doing, and this also helps other listeners find us. Thank you guys so much for tuning in. See you next time.